What's up? You are now listening to the Next Level Confident Podcast with Janelle and A. If you are ready to challenge your previous ways of thinking and take action on the bold, purpose-driven life you were created for, you'll want to keep listening. On the show, we will vulnerably discuss finding your purpose in life, strengthening your mindset, building quality relationships, and prioritizing your health. I hope you're as excited as I am. Let's do this. Today, I want to welcome one of my dear friends and just incredible human being. This guy is a mindset and lifestyle design coach. He's a world traveler, a photographer, a yogi, and a truth seeker. I want to welcome Zach Smith to the show. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. Yeah. You guys, you guys can listen today. I mean, you're going to listen today. Like you have no choice. You're here now. Keep listening. Um, But if you want to connect with Zach at any point during the show, after, you can find him on Instagram at Zach, and it's spelled Z-A-C-H underscore Ivan, I-V-A-N underscore Smith. So it's Zach Ivan Smith with underscores on Instagram. So with that... Just know all of the people I bring on to this show, you can always reach out to at any time because they're freaking amazing human beings. They're not pretentious. They're not going to be like, no, don't reach out to me. They're here because they love people and they love to chat. So if you get any truth bombs today, if you get some awesome knowledge, which you will, reach out to Zach, let him know that you connect. Um, I'm going to start out with um, telling you guys a little bit about today's episode. So we're going to be talking about questioning the status quo that society tells you that you have to live in in order to be happy and breaking free from the need for validation. Like how many of us just feel like we need to be validated by everyone? Mom, dad, aunt Susie, uncle Bill, brother, Bob. I don't know. You probably don't have a brother named Bob, but we're all looking for validation. And ultimately it's all about figuring out your why behind your life purpose. So Zach, will you start by telling us your story and then where your need for validation first began? Sure. So for me, it it started, I I would say I attribute it to a few different things. One, my own personal experience and and lens that I had the opportunity to see life through at a young age. And and then also uh, through just social conditioning and, and what I was programmed to believe. So I'll talk first about my own personal story and journey. And that for me, where a lot of the, the need for validation came from and, and feelings, quite honestly, of lack of self-worth uh, really came from when I was young. Uh, when I was seven, I developed an autoimmune disorder called alopecia, which caused me to lose all of my hair. And that's something that I still have today. I'm in a place where I actually love how I look and who I am. But at that time, when you're seven years old, it's challenging to be different. And so for me at that time, the kids that were my friends and the people that I uh, really connected with all of a sudden became my, my nightmare and my mm, worst enemy. Wow. Yeah. So it was a lot of, yeah, I mean, a lot of physical and, and verbal abuse uh, and, you know, was, was pretty much scared of life and really withdrew myself. And, and through that, I was in a dark place for a lot of years in my youth and, and it, did you know it did start to to then shift for me you know around seventh grade and but during that time the in order to survive because quite honestly when i was young i was i was suicidal the pain was so deep for me and i felt so unseen 
that I, I didn't want to live anymore because mm-hmm. I, didn't, I didn't understand why, um, why people could treat me this way, why the world was the way it was. And then around seventh grade is when that shift happened for me of survival, realizing that uh, I don't think I was going to survive. I was going to prove everyone wrong. Hmm. I was going to show them that they were wrong about me. And so from that time on, for me, it became about being the best at everything, being perfect in every way uh, to prove that I was worthy. And for me, for a long time, that was sports in high school and college. And then it became about business. Uh, It came through um, in the women that I dated. It came through in how I showed up, what I purchased, how I lived my life. There were just so many... Um, things that I was doing to show that I was was worthy and of value because I didn't believe it myself. Wow. Just, yeah. being, just being me wasn't enough. So you lost all of your hair at the age of seven. I did, yeah, all the hair on my body. So, okay, and I can, I can tell everyone who's listening right now, I'm looking at Zach. We're sitting here in my living room. I'm looking at him. He doesn't have any hair. You don't have eyebrows, Correct. right? Eyelashes, yeah. your head, and... Um, if you can imagine what it'd be like to be a seven-year-old and, and what color was your hair when you had hair yeah. as a seven-year-old? Bleach blonde, long hair. Bleach blonde, long hair. Yeah. So you're like a little surfer looking seven-year-old. Yeah. Blue eyes. Blue yeah. eyes, blonde hair. And then what, like, did the hairs just start falling out? or, or It did, yeah. So it started falling out slowly at first and then real quickly. Mm. It just started to all go. And, and there were some times after that, um, I was bald for several years, but then it would start to grow back. And I also went through a lot of testing at that time. They were still trying to figure out what this was. So yeah, I went on some, some pretty gnarly tests at that time. And yeah, that caused some physical side effects for me, like color blindness, um, visions, really traumatic nightmares. So that, that also added to some of the, wow. what I was experiencing. Um, you know, and so yeah, it created the, yeah, some interesting ups, mostly downs at that time. But yeah, yeah I mean, the hair would start to come back and then would fall out again. And um, oddly enough, when I really made that decision in seventh grade that I talked about that, okay, I'm going to own this. Uh, at that time, I, I shaved whatever hair I had, hmm. um, which was a you know a fair amount, but it was pretty patchy at that time. But after that, my hair has actually never grown since then, oh, wow. which is, yeah. So it's kind of cool that you made the decision at seventh grade to own it. You know, yeah. at least that switch happened so that you were able to be like, okay, I'm bald and I'm going to rock being bald and that's just who I am. And I'm not going to try to like be different anymore. And so what were some of the like names and, and things that like people would call you? Sure. I'm so, yeah, I mean, some of the stuff, you know, was, you know, baldy and, mm-hmm. um, you know, there's also sometimes things like skinhead and, wow powder and you know just pretty pretty hurtful uh pretty hurtful names yeah you know, it was uh at that age it was challenging because at that time all you want to do is is fit in right and be seen and um and so you don't want to be different at that oh my age. gosh not at all at that yeah. age you want to be like everyone else and not have a single mm-hmm. thing i mean I feel like so often people you know even having glasses got teased and it was embarrassing to be called four eyes you yeah. know so you know i just can't even than what it could have been like for for young Zach to experience this like hair loss, which I think anyone at any age would honestly um, have a really hard time with that. But let alone a seven year old who doesn't really know a whole lot about like what's happening in the world yet. It's like holy cow! Like my entire 
everything's shifting like you and you probably were just confused about like what was even happening yeah yeah because at that time you're you're not able to step into the shoes and and have that empathy to understand why people are treating you that way that Mm -hmm. you know it's likely due to insecurities they have themselves not understanding what what it is to be different they may have a challenging home life it's difficult to grasp those things when you're young and so you just you you live in, in fear which i think any kid that gets bullied really experiences Right. Right. Totally. So because of seventh grade and having that switch, then you became into like perfect Zach mode. Like I'm going to prove to the world that I am perfect and that I've got my crap together. Like I've got everything together. I'm like so cool. I got first it was sports and then it became the job and the career. And then, and it became in your dating and the women you dated just to make sure that everyone saw how awesome you were. Right. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that that also, you know, and this was the other component that I talked about is it was proving that because that's what his society had programming to believe that that was happiness, that was worthiness, having the high status job, having the beautiful girlfriend, having the sports success, being that hero icon. Yeah, you'll be happy then when you get that, you know, when you have the fancy car, the big house. And I bought into it. You know, I believed it because I, I wanted that so bad. I wanted happiness and I wanted to actually have influence and to change people, but realized I was going the totally wrong path um, to, to really be that and live that. Dang. So what was your breaking point? What was your like wake up moment of realizing, holy cow, this is not fulfilling like I thought it was. Yeah. And I mean, it was a number of moments. Uh, you know, the voice for me got continued to get louder and louder when I realized that I wasn't living in alignment with what my soul's purpose was, that I wasn't using my gifts for good. And, and for a long time, I wasn't taking action because of the stories that I had made up and the comfort that you feel from having all these things that are supposed to be happiness. And so for me, it did come to this point though, where I realized this is a pattern that will continue for me and this will be me you know, maybe leading someone else's company down the road and, um, you know, being really successful in business, but that was never what was important to me. So it really took the step back and, and started to really look deep at, at all of my whys, you know, mm. and, and the big one for me around career and what I was doing with my life was the biggest one. So it was, it was time to really uh, take a big step back and, and look at everything on my life and, um, you know, pull the, pull the sweater string, if you will, and, and see, see where everything led and where, where the whys were. What is that? Sorry. What does the sweater thing mean? Well, to me, sometimes when you pull the sweater string, <laughs> you can keep pulling it, yeah. it can start to, it can start to unravel. And unravel. Yeah, oh. yeah. So, so for you, it wasn't like an instant moment. There wasn't like a moment where you woke up, you were like, I need to change my whole life. It was kind of like this gradual nudging of like, something's not quite right. Something's not quite right. Something's not quite right. Yeah. Yeah. And just realizing that I was having these ups and downs and I wouldn't say that I was unhappy in my life, but I wasn't, I wasn't fulfilled in any way Mm. and that I wasn't okay with that. And I also had this big realization that everything that I built in my life was not what made me happy. It wasn't what was important to me. And so uh, what I was chasing was not what I was actually meant and put on this earth to do and be. Wow. And so that's probably the first question that like, if you're listening right now to ask yourself, like whether that be in what career 
relationships? Like what other areas of life should people be asking these questions? Yeah, absolutely. I would say even you know, fitness, um, yeah, relationship with friends, relationship with family. What, you know, what are you pretending not to know? You know and I think that's a big one. And, and what are you being in the space of letting life happen to you? And the space what do you of, mean? Let's go back to the pretend, pretending like, what was the question? Sorry. What are, you, what are you pretending not to know? What are you pretending not to know? So give us an example of that because I want people to take this really tangibly. Yeah. So let's, I mean, we're talking career. You know, you're, you're, you're talking about, well, I'm doing this. I have to do this because I'm, I need to make money. I need to pay my bills. It's what I'm supposed to do. But you're pretending and, and numbing down the voice that's saying, this isn't what you're meant to do. You're not happy. You're not fulfilled. You don't enjoy this. So you're subscribing to something. You're, you're just basically ignoring your intuition. Right. But what if someone who's listening is like, yeah, I mean, of course, I'm like working this job. It's paying my bills. I make good money. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm good. It's all good. And maybe they every so often feel this nudge of like, maybe I should do something different. Maybe I'm not, maybe I'm made for something more, mm-hmm. but they like, they don't, maybe believe that that's like it really matter like does it really matter you know like what if they think that it's just you know how do I want to put this like almost like they're more they're so comfortable in what they're doing that that little nudge doesn't really ever even like win them over Mm. yeah I mean then I would really ask yourself are you happy I I think it comes down to that are you happy and if the answer is no then why Right. And really start to follow that. You know, why, why am I in this job right now that I don't really enjoy? Okay. Well, it's because I feel like I need to do this because it's what I've always done. It pays my bills. It shows that I'm valuable and worthy to other people. You can keep going again, you know, pulling on the sweater string of the deeper, deeper meaning behind why I'm doing these things in my life, what I'm pretending not to know. And you'll start coming to some real answers and some real truths. And having the courage to face that and really look at your life and the patterns that you continue to follow will help you see where you're making those decisions and how you can choose differently, how you can choose a life that actually lights you up, that you enjoy, that when you get out of the bed in the morning, you're excited. Yeah. And, and not just, you know, not just surviving. Right. Not just like living for the weekend or living for the next vacation. Cause yeah, so many of my clients, especially when we first start working together, I feel like they're always like, it's like all about either partying on the weekend or like, it's just like, I can't wait to get away from work. Yeah. You know? And that's what it really was for me. It was, yeah. I, I felt there was my work life and my career. And then there was everything I enjoyed. And that was so not in alignment for me. And it doesn't have to be that way. You know, we're, I, I think we are, you know, taught to believe that it does. Um, but we can live in purpose and we can follow our passions and really turn that into our life's work, but it takes courage. And it takes a lot of personal work to have the mindset and to have uh, the follow through and commitment to really make that happen. But it's so possible. And, um, and it's what I'm committed to creating, you know, in my own life always. And also for others, you know, that uh, for me, helping people find their purpose and, and create a connected, uh, fulfilled life is, is so important uh, because I, I just, it's hard for me to subscribe and to allow anyone to live in a life that they have to escape from for three weeks a year. Mm, Yeah. That's not life to me. Yeah. 
Dang. Yeah. That's interesting. Think about it. It's like we have 52 weeks in the year and you might get two or three weeks of PTO pay time off. So that means you're actually living like 49 of the weeks for work. And then three of you're like living for those three weeks. Yeah. Like just get me to that vacation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So you, it was like, you were having a nudge after a nudge, after a nudge, after a nudge. And you're, and you're starting to realize the job that I'm working is really for money because you were making good money with what yeah, you were doing, right? Absolutely. Making a lot of money. And I can attest this, you were doing a lot of cool stuff. Yes. Like, I mean, I went to some of the concerts with you and like you were around like a lot of people who had a lot of money and there was like fun concerts and fun events and like, and it was like a lot of it was paid for through your company too because they had just like hooked it up for you. So it was like really cool. Like yeah. a lot of people looking on the outside would be like, dang. Zach's job is sick. Like mm-hmm. he's got the life. He's got all these free hookups. He's making all this money. And so like if someone's listening right now and they're like, dang, that sounds so sick. Yes. And Zach was not happy. And it's the same for you. It doesn't matter if from the outside you look happy. It doesn't matter if your Instagram feed is filled with cool stuff because your current job pays for your awesome vacations or pays for your this and that. Like if you're not happy, it's time to make a change. Yeah. So tell us about the change that you decided to make. Yeah. So for me, it was doing a lot of deeper inner work to really discover my true whys. Yeah. It had started to uncover itself, but I knew that I had to go immersively into that. And really, so for me, that came with travel. Uh, So this year I've been to 15 countries and uh, about a dozen national parks and spent a lot of time in nature. And then also going through doing a lot of different programs, working with a lot of different individuals, collaborating on different projects, and really paying close attention to um, what lights me up, where my gifts are best utilized to elevate humanity. And so that's what this journey has been about for me. And I've, I've met so many incredible people, experienced so many cultures, and really understood on a deep level the life that I, that I get to live. And yeah, for me, that's been the biggest gift I could have possibly given myself. So you quit your job? Yeah. Okay, so tell us about that. Yeah, so it was uh, back in November. Yeah, I left. Uh, I worked in the alcohol beverage industry and uh, resigned to take some time off. And yeah, travel travel immersively and, and really experience all the things that I've always wanted to. Mm. Um, you know, I've always been good at getting away and traveling during the time that I had and, and being efficient about that. But you just, when you're working for, uh, for someone in the company, you know, it's hard to go past 10 days of a vacation or two weeks of a vacation where for me, uh, when you really integrate and experience somewhere authentically, it takes some time. Uh, and, and it also takes a, a certain level of disconnection to, uh, to the other part of your world to really live in that new place and experience a new culture. So that was a big part of it for me. And um, also experiencing things with, you know, with tribe and community and people and building that here locally in San Diego as well has been a huge priority for me. And I've, I've been able to attract so many wonderful people that are on a very similar journey to myself. And when you have that, and you know, that's very much why you and I have always gotten along so well is um, yeah, we're fun and, course we're both epic people but we obviously we also both we both care a lot yeah about people and uh and we care about growing and we care about evolving and 
we understand the importance of the fact that you know our you know, our world is you know basically headed toward either destruction or higher levels of consciousness mm. and so i'm very committed to the vision of creating you know more conscious and connected world that's what i believe in and that's what i'm fully devoted to i love it cool yeah, yeah so i think like if someone's listening and say they live in Oklahoma or something, right? And and maybe they don't live in Southern California. A lot of times, Southern California can really be a mecca for personal development. But a lot of people in other areas may, might not understand like how to get plugged in. Or also like the other part where I think probably a lot of people might feel a little bit disconnected is like the fact that you were able to quit your job like nine months ago and you've been traveling the whole world for nine months and you've had the blessing to have the financial resources to do that. Sure. Most people in America are living paycheck to paycheck mm-hmm. and definitely could not quit their job and have nine months of travel right now to like find themselves. Yeah. So if, if you, if you were talking to someone who like, you know, is living paycheck to paycheck, which a lot of people are. So if you're listening and that's you, no problem. We're not here to put that down, but if they're living paycheck to paycheck, so they can't just quit their job and travel the whole world and figure out who they are and all that stuff. What are some steps that they could take right now to like do what you just said? Like you said, like getting like, first of all, away and getting into like the outdoors Mm -hmm. and then also building a tribe of people in your current city. Um, Unplugging was another thing you said. So what are, Mm -hmm. what are some like very practical tips that someone listening could take away of like, okay, I'm at the place where Zach was. I'm feeling nudges. I don't like my job or I don't like the relationship that I'm in right now. Or I have these really surface level friendships that like mean basically nothing to me, like that we don't talk about anything real. We just drink together, whatever it Mm -hmm. is. What would you tell those people to do in order to figure out what their whys are and what they're wanting? Yeah, awesome. So first step is being responsible. And by that, I mean realizing that you are responsible for everything good and bad that happens in your life. And having that realization and taking that step of not being a place of victim to the world that's been created and, and this, this belief that the world is stacked up against you, you know, and the world's against you because that does keep you in this, this victim mentality. So the first step for me, and you and I have talked about this, it's this idea of being source of your life and being responsible. And once you grasp that, you can really look at the life around you. And, and it doesn't, yeah, the route I took is one way to go. And I realize that's not an accessible route for everyone, but there's a lot of different ways to go, but it starts with that. It starts with, okay, I'm responsible and I realize this is not the life I want. So I'm gonna make some changes and I'm gonna do what it takes. And from there, you know, some of the tools that you can really use are to, really look at your life and start, you know, even journaling and and really paying attention, being present to this makes me happy. This lights me up. I really enjoy this. And this doesn't. And that means whether it's career, hobbies, romantic relationships, friendships, you know, what makes you feel the most like yourself and what lights you up the most and really paying attention to that and start to start to create some understanding around that. And then also put yourself in situations and within communities and people that really encourage you to be your most authentic self. And when that starts to happen, you really start to get clear on what your life could look like. And then you can also get support. So, you know, building that community and having people, you know, as we've talked about so many times, you are who you're surround yourself with. 
And so those people will start to, you start to see different opportunities to deepen your understanding of, you know, whether that be um, Eastern practices or fitness or however you, you want to, you know, elevate your life. And then, and then you start to really get those realizations and put it to action. I also recommend too of, of getting a coach, you know, having someone that can really jumpstart you getting a deeper understanding of your shadows, your limiting beliefs, what's holding you back and, and really being able to break through that and, and have a program and system in place to create that. And uh, so that's a, a really valuable resource. So Come on. Yeah, <laughs> let's go. Are you ready for change, but not sure which direction to go or how to get there? I feel you. I've been there before. Whether you're trying to change your body, your career, or your relationships, it all starts with believing that you are worthy and your life has a purpose worth pursuing. So if you want support in up-leveling your mindset and taking action on your life, I would love to support you. Apply for my one-on-one coaching program by clicking the link on my Instagram bio or going to my website at janellenae.com. I cannot wait to talk to you. That's so true because so I mean you look at so many people will invest a hundred thousand dollars in a a formula education. So many people won't blink an eye about getting a personal trainer for their body, but so many people don't understand their emotions or understand Mm -hmm. why they're in this life cycle they don't get. To me, that's the first thing you should ever invest in because everything else is really created from that. So it's a newer concept for a lot of people. However, it's one that I highly recommend. Um, and also putting yourself within communities, you know, whether that be group work or, um, you know, a, a men's circle. You know, there's mm. a lot of different, you know, women's circle. There's so many different avenues, but you just have to open yourself up. Like a, like a conference or something? Maybe, yeah, a conference, or? but there's even communities. So there's yeah. circles of people that like-minded individuals. How would someone find that? Like if they are like not, you know, used to being around those types of people how could they really find those people near them even if they live in Timbuktu yeah there's there's so much uh so much online that you can find out and just start start doing some research around local communities and groups and programs and and also as you're building your community of people that are like-minded to you I learned so much from the people around me I I, you know you and I if we ever hear something cool we immediately let the other person know so it's about that too like when you start building the community and tribe of people that you just start to find out and get invited to and invite others and share really authentic uh, tools and opportunities to uh, to be exposed to that. So yeah. I would say online as well. And as I'm going to put something in here is that because so many of my clients, when I first start working with them, they have this um, mindset that's more of a victim mindset, just like you talked about earlier. Mm-hmm. So right now, a person who's a victim who's hearing what Zach is saying and he's saying, get online, Google like women's groups in my area or men's groups in my area or something like that. The victim mindset thinks that's too much work. That's too hard. That sounds complicated. It sounds uncomfortable. I would have to show up by myself because none of my friends would want to go with me because it'd be so weird. And they're thinking of all the excuses and reasons why you can't do it and why you can't research and why you can't show up to that event. Here's the thing. You're going to find an event. If you Google, you're going to find an event of women, whatever you do. If you're a woman that knits, it doesn't matter. You can find a knitting group. Like if you're a man who wants to, I don't know, like do ax throwing, like you can find a group of guys who will go ax throwing. It doesn't matter what you like to do. You can find community 
around what you love to do, but the person getting in the way is you and your excuses and you saying that would be so uncomfortable and weird for me to show up to that group alone. Will it be uncomfortable? Yes. Will it be weird when you show up to that group? Probably a little bit weird for you because you don't know anyone. And then you show up and you take responsibility and you believe that you are worth being there. That's what it really comes down to. Because if you're there and the whole time you're there, you're thinking to yourself like, oh, they probably think I'm so weird. Or like every time you speak, you're like, don't say anything stupid. Like you're going to say something dumb and everyone's going to laugh at you. Like you're coming from a place of not believing in yourself. You're coming from a place of insecurity. You're coming from a place of not believing that you're worthy of hanging out with those men or you're worthy of hanging out with those women or a co-ed group or whatever it is. You're deciding that you're not like the rest of them and you're different. And therefore, you're always going to have this weird space where you're not going to be able to get close to them. That is all created in your own mind. So if you can break free from that and constantly, like, I have to do this too myself. Like I enter a new group and it's easy for me to be like, I'm not going to click with anyone here or I don't have anything in common with anyone here. And we have these weird lies that like try to keep us away from the other people so we don't have true connection. But if you actually just start to debunk those lies and be like, I bet there's a lot of people in this room that are like me. But a lot of people are feeling awkward like I am right now. But a lot of people are like wondering if they smell weird or if their breath is bad or if their VO is coming out to smell. Like, who knows? We're all worried about ourselves. But at the end of the day, like everyone is worried about themselves and everyone is overthinking it all and everything like that. So just lay it all down and just decide to be present and take a deep breath in, exhale, and just enter that room and be like, I'm going to make a friend tonight. I'm going to choose to be friendly and warm. I'm going to choose to share my story and be vulnerable and share a part about myself. I'm going to choose to decide that I'm worth being in this room with people. I'm not so different. We all have something in common. Okay. That was a little random. Yeah. There you go. Oh, I love it. Get, <laughs> it. Get it. Yeah, absolutely. It's yeah. If you, if you're going to take the road less traveled, you get to be comfortable with being uncomfortable and also understand why under understand where the fear comes from and the uncomfortability comes from. And it is, it's, it's your ego. I mean, your ego's number one job is to keep you safe. So anything that doesn't feel comfortable and known is, is going to be resisted. But when you get in this relationship of being able to dance with that, of being able to see fear, as a compass, you know, of, okay, this is, I'm scared of this because I haven't done this before. It's different from what I know, but I know what's on the other side of that. It's everything that I want. So get excited when you feel the fear, get excited when you feel the discomfort. Cause that means you're stretching. That means you're going into something new and, and, and being brave and courageous and, and be able to acknowledge yourself for that. And then you start to create that relationship and, uh, and then that creates the surrender. And after you get to that point, then everything's possible. Yeah. And then all of a sudden going to an event where you meet new people doesn't feel so scary and making friends won't feel so weird because you'll be used to having friends that text you to hang out and you text them to hang out. And like, you've created this environment where you're like, you're proud of yourself because you're willing to do things that you would have never been willing to do before. And then you're going to be there and then you're going to take new leaps of faith and new leaps of faith. That's going to be like a constant journey. Mm -hmm. But the first step might start for you today with literally a Google search to get yourself around community of people who are wanting more or wanting relationships and not wanting to sit around and talk about gossip or other people. But they want to share their vision for their life and they want to talk about hope and they want to talk about good things and how good life is and how, you know, just beauty is all around us. 
those are the types of people you want to surround yourself with because those are the people who are going to make you hungry to live your life, not to sit around and complain about how hard life is and how a struggle and how Mondays suck and Sunday blues because everything's so hard. Like if those are the types of people you're around and you're sick of it, you literally get to choose who your friends are. You get to choose who you spend time with. So don't spend time with people like that. Well said. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Cool. I'm like sweating. I'm getting so passionate. Like, Woo! Okay, cool. So um, I think we've already slightly touched on this, but I'm going to ask it anyway, just for, to reiterate, what are the other areas of your life that shifted when you realized that you didn't need validation or permission from other people to do something? Yeah, everywhere. <laughs> I mean, specifically though, some of the areas that the shifted uh, for me was fitness um, was one. I've always been huge into fitness and health, um, but I realized that went back to this, like the root of how hard I pushed myself was this place of lack, this place of needing to be perfect, of people knowing that I'm worthy and strong and quite honestly, not sick. That was something for me when I was young, parents used to think I was sick. So that's a story that played for me for a long time, even though I obviously don't, I haven't looked at since I was young, you know, nine or 10, but you know, we really create these stories in our mind. And they Cause say, you were sick at that time I, because of all yeah, the testing. But I really wasn't like, I wasn't okay. physically sick, but you know, parents thought that I had cancer because it's okay. so, it's so out of the ordinary to see a, a kid that's eight or nine without hair. Right. And so, yeah, that, that all tied into this perfectionist piece for me. And so when I, shifted that relationship my relationship with fitness and health really changed and um, but that took some time of working through that and now for me I get to be active and fit because I love it because it makes me feel good because I I love what that's doing for my body which is my you know my temple and and I get to push myself and be competitive because I enjoy that I enjoy the fire I enjoy my passion and um, another one is relationships um, because of the relationship I have with myself there was this this final barrier for me of fully surrendering and trusting in relationships. I, I, I really was not able to get to this place of being in love. You know, the, the, the final surrender of being in love with someone where they, you know, if you're not with them anymore, they could really hurt you. Or if they betray you, they could really hurt you. I, I wasn't able to go there, but through doing my own work and falling in love with myself and becoming my own best friend, I was able to, to trust uh, and to attract you know, a woman in my life that, you know, really, uh, you know, really showed me what it meant to be loyal and true and, and that I could, you know, that I could trust her and not say that that means that we have to be together forever. I hope we are, but <laughs> if, you know, if that's not the case, I know that we respect and, and love each other enough that, you know, we will never hurt each other. Mm. Like, well, I would just be in total honor and appreciation of each other as individuals. So that was huge for me. Um, because now I get to be in love and I get to experience, you know, the greatest feelings of life, um, without feeling like it, you know, when's the other shoe going to drop? Mm. So that was, big so when, when you were dating before you had a hard time getting to a place where you were in love with the woman because there was a, just a wall there of some kind. Of- yeah. Yeah. And I, and I believe it was this trust piece. You know, what it really comes down to is that I wouldn't be abandoned or, or lied to or manipulated. Um, so, yeah, it was this, you know, I, it was this final. And, and also as another piece of, of that, in the past when I've been in relationship, there have been times where 
being loved and appreciated by one woman wasn't enough. Yeah, mm. I would, I would have, you know, I would have friends that were females and, you know, or not even friends, but just women that I knew that, you know, it would be an exchange of energy, you know, mm. where just this kind of, you know, knowing like, oh, you know, they would be interested in me if I wasn't with this person. You know, it was, it was just like an this, ego fill, like to have women who are kind of like to be into you. Yeah, to be around women who exactly. are like, yeah. Yeah, because mm. I almost couldn't believe that one woman would really see me fully. So I needed this constant, uh, you know, I needed validation that I was good enough, that I was attractive, that I was worthy. And that allowed me to, you know, always be in this place of never fully uh, surrendering. And, and that for me is so big because it's what I always wanted. And I, you don't even realize these patterns that you're creating in your life. But now this openness and transparency and depth of communication that, that I have is so beautiful. And I just know that's how I will live my life in every way, romantic relationships with family, with friends, with strangers, uh, with anyone I encounter. And once you've seen that of what's possible, you, you can't go back to another way because you would never want to. Um, but we just, you know, we create a lot of patterns that we don't fully understand in the moment because we don't understand the underlying desire that that's trying to fulfill. So what's an example of like what the before was like in a scenario? and what the after is like in a scenario like you're saying like depth of communication this depth of understanding each other you keep talking about death but for someone who maybe hasn't tasted it um what is the difference yeah so so as an example uh with with rachel who who i'm currently in relationship with uh when we first got into relationship i didn't i didn't want to be with someone at that time and i was very honest with her um, because I had a lot of things that I wanted to work through personally, you know, and, you know, really on this journey of discovering myself and stepping into what I was meant to do. Uh, and I was open with her about that. You know, we were very clear on expectations. She still wanted to, to spend time together. And so we let things really develop and, and throughout, you know, I've been honest with her and she's been honest with me about, you know, about marriage, about kids, about anything that's coming up that, mm. you know, sometimes can show up as resentment later. Nothing goes unsaid between us. So, mm. you know, if there's something that I'm doing that she doesn't feel that's in alignment with who I want to be or what I want to do or how I'm showing up as a great partner for her, she'll communicate that to me and vice versa. So we have this openness with feedback to each other mm. and communication where uh, we've, we've never had a fight because we always work through everything and we have this deeper respect and we're also able to have the, the challenging conversations. And I've avoided that sometimes in the past out of this fear of hurting, hurting feelings, you know, whether it be staying in a relationship too long or it being, well, I don't want to say this because it might make them feel unworthy or am I, so it's, so it's this empathy that you feel for the person, but it creates more conflict. In mm. the end. Yeah. So you like avoid having those conversations about Absolutely. marriage or kids or any of these other or commitment or all these things that like are super serious topics that yeah. need to be discussed. But like, when you're so afraid of, am I lovable? And you're constantly thinking, I'm not lovable. I'm not lovable. You don't even want to bring that stuff up. Cause what if you say to someone, I don't believe in having kids. And, and what if they say, I want kids and then they want to leave you. And then you're like, Oh, I'm not lovable. Yeah. When really it has nothing to do with your, you're lovable no matter what. It's just that, you know, that you guys wanted two different things. And it seems silly when you say these simple things out loud, but there's just so many people who just avoid all hard topics yeah. because it's just too scary to have conversations mm -hmm. about expectations. 
Yeah. And I just see it so much in relationships where stuff will come up and, and there will just be withholding of that. Like not, we're not wanting to say that to the person. So then it comes out later in resentment and then that pisses off the other person. And so they're pissed at you. And pretty soon you're just pissing each other all the time and no one really understands why like that, you know, that I think is the toxic spiral of, of relationships. If communication is not uh, the forefront pillar of a relationship, it can, it can go that route very quickly and it just doesn't have to be that way. Yeah. Yeah. Dang. It's crazy how much is so connected to finding out who you are and falling in love with yourself and having that, like finding the different masks that you're putting on and taking those off and how that starts to affect, like you've touched on your career, you've touched on dating relationship, you've touched, touched on health. And it's funny because that's kind of like the main things that I discuss on this podcast is um, health, mindset, and relationships. And yeah. so these all go so hand in hand. They're all interconnected. Um, you, having your purpose and knowing your purpose and knowing your why and not ignoring the little tap on the shoulder that's saying, excuse me, you're not living your life to the fullest. Like, <laughs> yeah. you got to listen to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And something that you mentioned around the masks that we wear is that's something that I do want to touch on because I think especially as men, you know, we, there's a lot of masks that we believe we should wear to feel like a man. Mm. And, you know, and that's something that's been a big part of um, my own process and, and also opening that up and, and part of the work that's so important to me is around what it means to be a real man, you mm. know, and that it, uh, for a lot of men, this feeling of being vulnerable, uh, of sharing emotion, uh, they've come to believe that that's weakness, that they can't share that. So it's bottled up, it's pushed down and it comes up in a lot of other ways. And when a man is really able to look at, you know, is this who I really am or is this me trying to subscribe to what I, what society has taught me to believe is manhood and masculinity. You know, boys don't cry, you know, toughen up, don't be a pussy. Like that's toxic mm. to our society because if men can't show up and, and be the balance of masculine feminine energy they can't they're not going to be a good partner to their wife they're not going to be a good father to their children and so really taking a look at that and trying to redefine what it means to be our man in society is very much on my heart Mm. Um, because it's also where our happiness and our real power lies because when you can be comfortable and being in touch with your emotions and still have your fire and passion for what you believe in anything is possible yeah I love that. Yeah. And I'm sure a lot of people listening right now are like, like, especially if you're a man and you're listening right now and you're like masculine and feminine energy, I'm not trying to like have any feminine part of me at all inside of me. And I think it's just so good to stop right now and think about what that means. Just because you have feminine energy and you doesn't mean maybe what the stigma you think it means means it's, it's okay. And actually, yes, like when women have some masculine, quote unquote, masculine qualities, like being assertive, which is supposedly masculine, but women, let's be assertive, right? Like that's confidence. It's okay for us to have that. And same with men with, with the quote unquote feminine energy, it's like being okay with sharing your thoughts and your emotions and your feelings, even if it's scary. And I completely agree that within a partnership, like I can tell you that women love when men have that 
like you said, feminine energy where they're able to talk about some stuff that's happening, not some stuff, talk about everything that's happening inside of them without feeling like they have to be manly and macho and cool and be all tough. Like women don't want that. So if you're a guy listening and you think that that's what we want, you're wrong. We actually like it when you can share your thoughts and emotions. It's attractive to us. Just like on the opposite spectrum, men actually like when women have a tailbone. That men actually, or backbone, I don't really know what the thing is there, but men actually, like tailbones yeah. and backbones. <laughs> men actually like when women have some of that quote unquote masculine energy where they're able to, you know, be confident in who they are and not feel like they have to be, you know, constantly soft. They, if that's the word you want to use, I mean, this is such a touchy subject. So I feel like I'm going to like step on people's feet, even just going here, but I'm going there. But like men actually like when women aren't afraid to speak up and speak their mind. And that might be con considered masculine or something, but we're, we all have that inside of us and it's okay to actually step into that on both sides for a male and for a female. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it is. And again, it's this relationship and exchange of energy, especially in relationship, you know, when a man can, um, you know, really be dependent on and, and really can be, you know, take on, you know, you know what we, I think what could be considered a more traditional, like protector and strong, that doesn't mean closed off. Mm. And, and when you're able to be that, but from a place of understanding and peace, it allows your, your, your woman to, to really be in her, you know, in her feminine. And then mm. there's times where, yeah, she will step in and own her power and own her voice and step into her masculine. And then the man can feel that be that exchange. And so when you create this flow in partnership, whether that's a friendship or romantic relationship, it's just such a beautiful way of being with the people in your life. And, and not having to subscribe to be in one or the other, because when you look at our genetic codes are very similar, you know, 90% um, in alignment. And there's very few differences, but we amplify the differences between us to associate that with being male or female. And that's mm. what gets us in trouble. That's really interesting. Yeah. So what would be your final like takeaway on that for people who are listening? Yeah, I would say for men and female, um, have real conversations. You know, don't, the small talk is not going to fulfill you or be, that's, you know, enough with showing people 15 or 20% of who you really are out of fear of judgment or not being light. Show people who you really are. Have real conversations about what's happening in your life and really see what happens when you let yourself be seen. I guarantee you'll see how many people really love and appreciate the real you. And if people don't, and perfect. What a beautiful filter for knowing the people that you don't want in your life. <laughs> that's yeah. amazing. It's that simple. Yes. So good. I love that. That's a filter. If someone doesn't like seeing the real you, we don't want them anyway in our lives. Come on. Like, yeah. And it's them. probably their own shit. Right. Yeah. That's true. That's probably something that they're going through mm -hmm. that they are, yeah, just uh, they're actually pushing onto you yeah. ultimately. Yeah. So good. Okay, cool. So the very last question I'll ask you, what is the most practical piece of homework or takeaway action, action item that you want people to take away from listening to this podcast mm. right now? Don't wait. Don't wait for someday because someday turns into, I wish, and I wish I would have. And life is just too short to wait. So take the steps. Get, get uncomfortable 
you know, take, take the trip, have the hard conversation, ask the girl out, go rock climb, you know, go do what you've always wanted to do and don't be on a deferred life plan until you're 65 because it will end in regret. And I don't want that for anyone. So, um, it would be that. And it would also be you <laughs> always because that's, that's where happiness really lies. And, um, yeah, those would be the big things. I mean, just, you know, and surround yourself by people who, uh, you feel really good about being you around. Mm, I love that. Yeah. Perfect. That's a good action sets right there. Yeah. Amazing. Well, thank you so much Zach, yeah, for thanks. being on the show today. You're My such pleasure. a dear friend of mine. And I just like, I don't know if you guys can feel this. I'm sure you can feel this through the microphone. I'm in, in the room with Zach right now. Like his energy is just so like, I mean, I know that every time I talk, I'm like, <laughs> but Zach's energy is like so peaceful and calming is so great. And I love it. Cause every time after I get done hanging out with Zach, I'm like inspired and calm at the same time. So I'm hoping if you're listening right now, you're like, I'm inspired and calm, like calm, cool, collected. I freaking got this. I'm about to go take some action steps. I'm going to go hang out with people who are just like Zach and Janelle and inspire yeah. me to take action on my life. And I'm going to keep surrounding myself with these types of people and take the action now, not later. Awesome. I love that. And I would love to connect with any and all of you. So um, come find me on Instagram and let's uh, introduce yourself. I'd love to meet you and talk with you. Don't be afraid to shoot him a DM. It is at Zach, Z-A-C-H underscore Ivan, I-V-A-N underscore Smith. I think we all know how to spell Smith. If you don't, <laughs> Google that ish. <laughs> Have an awesome day. Thank you for listening.